Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Detention, our podcast. It's Sunday, as it always is. Me and Simon Baker are in the office. Hi, Si. Hi, Em. <laughs> and we're laughing because we're being bathed in the light of a multicoloured sign in in the shape of my initials, E-R. Yeah. <laughs> as if you're not bathed in my light enough. In my defence... Um, there is a history to these lovely lights, and that is, they were when I did my Wonder season at the Globe. We had Wonder in huge, beautiful like circus lights outside, and when I left, the E and R were stolen for me by my team and given to me as a leaving gift. So <laughs> I'm not quite so egotistical that I have my name in lights, but. Um, how are you doing, Si? It's been quite the week, hasn't it? It has been quite a week, hasn't it? I was just thinking about that. Last Saturday, we made the brave decision that we had to leave TLC for a week and go and continue rehearsing somewhere else, which was all a bit shocking and upsetting. So Monday morning was like the Royal Tournament of rehearsal rooms. We had to take everything out of the lucky chance and move it down the road to a nearby kind of art gallery space, I suppose. The it Silk is. Mill, it's the a Silk lovely Mill. space. Yeah. It's great. So we moved our entire operation down the road. And you've been there this week. You've been very brave describing it like that. It was It's actually been quite traumatic, hasn't it? Because the amount of heart and soul and love and sweat that have gone into TLC. And then it's the historic poo again, isn't it? It is, yeah. We've got... The, the, the truth is there's a an old sewer pipe which leaves TLC and then is supposed to connect to the main sewer pipe on the roundabout just outside and somewhere between it leaving our back garden our front garden rather and the road it's collapsed and we're not quite sure where it's collapsed and we can't get to it at the moment and we can't even find it at the moment so it's quite a big problem for us we need to dig up quite a bit of our front garden in order to find that pipe and then either repair it or replace it and reconnect it to the so there's a whole you know yeah load of work that needs to happen I'm ever so sorry I know, it's been a bit upsetting. I know. I'm I'm sort of, my natural personality is sort of not to worry, isn't it? But I know what a blow it's been. So I am sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that, that decision, we had to make it because we weren't really going to have running water, let alone toilets. But we have missed it. Yeah. I mean, we've loved being at Silk Mill. It's been fantastic. But we've missed our, the warmth of, spiritually and physically of of lucky chance so it will be back promise yeah it will be back in fact we start digging it all up again on tuesday lovely just as we start tech i was going to say beautiful timing because that is the first day actors are on stage for bluebeard so to finish what's already happened is we had a week in the silk mill and we have been running the show it's amazing there's a sort of weird thing in the arts where you're supposed to be cool and critical and I, it just doesn't work for me because I I love the work I make and of course I love it. It's the story I want to tell with the people that I want to tell it in the form that I believe in. So it, I, I sort of sometimes think I'm so positive I should be stopped and then I think, oh, if you can't back your own work, who else can? But I think something really magic is happening and it's really brave. It's definitely out of my comfort zone. But there's something really powerful happening in that rehearsal room and my beautiful company which includes you 
and my actors and my stage management and my producers. There's an electricity in the room. And we did a, a run on Friday um, with creatives there and some friends and neighbours. I was terrified, so si. Were you? Yeah, I find it... Um, I, it's it's interesting, but I'm so terrified. It's hard to be interested. I'm so terrified that I might have misjudged it or got it wrong or people won't like what we've made, you know, because there's such a lot of belief in the room, isn't there? I mean, this company really believes in this work. So if people were didn't like it or weren't as moved as us or didn't get it, mm. I'd be mortified. I can't, I can't quite describe it. It's... I don't, I don't suffer from anxiety, as you know, as a general, but, yeah, I was terrified on Friday. That's up because that's new, isn't it? You never used to be that worried. You always were, were sort of slightly more... You had a different approach, I suppose. You were, you were this is what we've made, um, like it or not. So it feels like a bit of a shift. What, what's brought that on? Is it because you've written it entirely yourself, do you think? Very interesting, because I hadn't realised it was a shift, so my little mind's whirring, going... I think I think it's always a, a frightening moment. It's like presenting your baby to the outside world, I guess. Or mm. um, it's the moment of judgment. Although we have several moments of judgment, don't we? We yeah. have, you know, obviously press night is the is the big and final one. Um, but yes, I think having written it myself is a, is another layer of vulnerability for me. I was I was actually reminiscing with. Um, some of the actors, Tris and Stu, who we've known each other so long, is that they worked on a matter of life and death with me at the National in 2006. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a pin in the mists of time and say it was 2006. And we made this show, and oh my goodness, we loved it so much. We were absolutely intoxicated by this show. And to this day, I stand by the fact that some of that show was some of the most amazing theatre ever seen, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. But it got largely absolutely trashed by the critics not totally um oh my goodness they hated it and I can remember going it was the first time it had happened to me obviously it was at the national it was a big deal but my feeling my 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 overwhelming sort of agonizing thing was that I tricked all these people into believing in something that they shouldn't have believed in that I felt like a sort of first world war general that had led their troops over the top and got them killed I felt so unbearably responsible and I can remember thinking I need to go in and see the actors so we we all I met after the reviews came out and and I felt sick with stress and guilt and so terrified of what I would meet when I went into that room and they were absolutely fantastic to me the company they said well we still believe in it we think it's amazing and they're sort of they 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 lifted me through my guilt which is what it was you know I sort of it was like somebody telling you so I felt a little bit of that it reminded me of that which is what if I've asked these people to come go to places and they, they go to brave places here what if I've asked them to go to these dark places and it and it's not worth it and then my beloved Patrizia said I've got to a point now where I don't I don't care whether people like it or not they may or they may not but I really believe in it I really I, I know that it's been made with love and care and heart and soul and you know we need to get it out there so yet again my beautiful people are helping me but yeah it was a big old day 
What's the big deal? Well, let's hope it's as successful as Matter of Life and Death. I mean, iconic show, often quoted. <laughs> Everybody you ever speak to has seen it, which I can't believe is true. <laughs> yeah, it's gone it's down like in the, mythology, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like the Beatles playing the cavern, isn't it? Everybody was there. <laughs> Should we get on to the topic that we were going to talk about? God, yes. Music? Yeah. Guess what, though, Si? What? I've got to do a little bit of a detour again. Go on, then. <laughs> well... I've done a few interviews with this. I've got an amazing music team, but it made, it's made me uh, reflect a little bit on how long I've been doing this. And um, and everybody who's listening to this presumably will already have known me and be listening, you know, and listen to Tea and Biscuits and all those relationships that have been formed over many, many years and that have such import to me. And... You can't just think about the music on Bluebeard without looking, rolling back in time a little bit. Because one of the things that is hard about having been around a bit is that you've got a lot of people that you love, respect, love working with and feel loyalty to. And and you are capable of hurting. And the longer you go on, the bigger that list of people is. And the more the responsibility I feel. And music is a really good little illustration of that because um, I've worked with more, but there are two composers that I've worked with a lot in my life. Stu Barker, who did my very first show as a director with me, The Itch, never mention it, but it happened, and The Red Shoes, and we worked on many, many shows together, and Ian Ross, who's really been my composer at Wise Children. And... Um, these two men still exist in my life. They exist in my past. I love them both with all my heart and they are two of the finest theatre musicians you could possibly hope to meet. And again, the sort of the, the, the stress of choosing is really hard. You know, one, one works very hard to have power, but then it's also tough when you have it. But there's a magic about Bluebeard, which is I really wanted to... I haven't worked with Stu for a while and I really felt it was time to return to this, you know, really important relationship to me. Um, I, I really, and it's a fairy tale, so it's really the language that me and Stu have built for many, many years. So it felt really important to go back. But of course, there's my amazing, beautiful, beloved Ian Ross. Um, and I didn't want to, you know, if I, that might have been an awkward conversation, but it wasn't, because yet again... Ian's joined the team, but this time not as composer. He's joined as musical supervisor. So I've ended up, I felt like I've won the lottery. So I've got Stu, who's proper old school, writing the music. I've got Ian, who's arranging the music and in the room, sat out front with me, helping place that music and um, arrange it for the musicians. And then on top of that, we have the lucky penny that is Steffi Hockley, who's our MD and performer, who's the new generation coming through. So I literally think we've got the whole, the, the whole sort of, the whole tournament we're saying at the moment. I've got the, a perfect sort of biopsy of musical genius. And Steffi Hockley is the one who's on stage, um, running the warm-ups, um, licking us into shape. Um, Ian's out with me and Stu's writing the music and playing it's absolutely amazing so you're going to hear all their voices talking right so you're about to hear some snivelly people talking because we've just done our penultimate run in the rehearsal room of Bluebeard and I thought I'd talk to music team about music mm -hmm. but are you Steph are you still snivelly? I'm still having a bit of a cry me too <laughs> me too it's a big old show isn't it 
How are you? Sorry, I'm, I'm asking this because Ian and I have watched it. Stu and Steffi were in it. Ian, how are you? Yeah, just, I've, I've put a barrier in between me and my feelings for a couple of days. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's too big to engage with every, every day. I'm there. I'm engaging with it every day. It's amazing work, Stu and Steffi. So, music team, I've got Stu, you're the composer. Steffi, you're the MD. And Ian, you're the arranger. Talk to us about this process, because this is a sort of new plan, isn't it? We yeah. worked together for many years. Many, many years. Me and Ian have worked together as composer, as everybody knows. So, and you two have worked together. Yeah. So tell us how it works. Well, on this one, we did a few R&Ds and we prepared some material and Ian's been working on that. And uh, we've slowly built up a sort of about eight songs, I suppose. That's all. So you wrote together. the material. Yeah. And then you've helped to arrange and place which yeah. has been really useful to have you out with me because Stu you're a musician as well so it's sort mm. of impossible to be in it and creating it at the same time so yeah so I put like I've arranged the vocals so I can give Steffi like a, a sort of map of things to teach the the, um, the cast um, and then in terms of like the arrangement of things we're just sitting out front and making sure that themes are appropriately appearing and um, things aren't getting lost and the story's being told. And what do you do, Steffi? What, what, what the hell are you doing in this bloody... <laughs> I do a lot of crying. Uh, I play the piano a lot, and I get to take all their magnificent work and teach it, I guess, and hone it and be a bit bossy. Well, and lead it. <laughs> and lead it. Lead it on lead stage, it, yeah, yeah. make sure everybody knows when they're coming in. Because you're playing a leading role as well, so all of this... I mean, there's a, there, it's really making me laugh because uh, it's not a spoiler, but we've got a grand piano on wheels which turns around and Steffi's flipping the seat out of the way, trying to reach the pedals, standing up. You're going to be in heels and a bunny girl outfit. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. It's I'm a juggling lot. a lot of things at the moment with the piano, but I think it's very enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. And, and, and your piano turns into a bar. And it turns into a bar, which I think every piano should do. <laughs> Which you do shots of. Which I do shots of. Not real shots, though. I want real ridiculous. vodka. But I do. I mean, I just sort of delight in everything. But I'm also watching Steffi managing a rolling piano and heels <laughs> and moving pedals. And I'm watching Stu teaching Adam a bass line while you're on the dulcimer. That was really making me laugh today. G to C. G to C. <laughs> out the back. Um, and, yeah, and you're out there trying to get the meaning working and it's really difficult I feel I think this has been harder than almost any show I've made because of the action sequences at the end how to score and it's violent which my shows aren't this violent usually and it's horrific which my shows aren't usually this so I'm I'm in I'm in sort of virgin territory I've never watched a horror film never Never. Not a single one. Not a single one. Why would I? Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> it's quite fun being scared. Well, I'm having to rely on the people around me to tell me how it works. But no, I've literally never watched one. Amazing. What's something you've watched? Like, what's something you've watched and gone, well, I'm not going to do this again. There must have been something. Else. Santa Sangre. Yeah. Didn't you watch that? It's got to be one. That's I did one. watch that. I can't remember it though. I did watch that. I, no, I. Well, I don't like violence. I mean, I, I don't mind an action movie and I don't mind a thriller, yeah. but there are bits that I would rather not see. So why have I made Bluebeard? It's impossible to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so horrendous and scary. Oh, but it's so, like, he's just, what he represents and what you're drawing attention to through that is why you're doing it, isn't it? Yes. But can I also say there's a theme running through about 
that there are good men and it's been really really important to me that this show is not anti-male in fact it feels really important that it's it's pro-community and can I just say as two fantastic men who have been by my side for many 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 years you are good men and true uh, bless you thank you well <laughs> it's a it's a great feminist statement about sexual violence or about misogynistic violence so and we're all against that aren't we exactly yeah, no, we we're all against that yeah <laughs> Well, what team you are, I honestly, I'm, I'm in awe at your skill. And I think what we've created, because of course, I, I keep saying it, but I'm going to say it again. We've only got one dedicated musician, which is Stu, and everybody else are actor musicians going in and out. And the sound you're making is amazing. And the skill to learn a, learn a score and a script is phenomenal, and the choreography. So congratulations, hats off. Get on, man, to you. Thank you. It is amazing seeing everybody juggle all their instruments, though, isn't it? Like, pass you yeah. the bass, give me the violin, get on the piano. <laughs> the There's a lot going on back there. Oh, I know. I can see. <laughs> and here. <Yeah. laughs> on stage, you'll be behind curtains, but at the moment, you're completely visible. No. <laughs> give me the bass! <laughs> give me the bass! <laughs> um, go home. You see you tomorrow. I love you all lots. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye. It was actually just after, I spoke to them just after the run on Friday, so we yeah. were all a bit giddy and emotional as we are. And there's a few bits of um, the show in there as well. I think you might have recorded them rehearsing. Should we use that as well? Yeah. You know, so we can share the process? Yeah. Okay. Stand by. Thank you very much. Like a protest song. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight. We are the fearful fart and furious. We love deeper in the eye. Pay the price for being curious. We're killed, but rise and will not die. We made it home when others didn't. We slipped the noose and stayed alive. We got in, although forbidden, made a bargain to survive. We are the fearful, fart and furious. We looked evil in the eye. Paid the price for being curious. We're killed, but rise. So I suppose the process, I've only recently started writing song lyrics. I've obviously had a very happy time over the years working with Carl Gross, Anna Maria Murphy, Dan Jameson, Tanika Gupta, Joel Hallward, amazing writers I've worked with. Um, but I think it was Mallory Towers that I started writing my own lyrics. And I love it, actually. I think I like it more than anything else. I was brought. I was brought up. Um, my dad was very, very musical, so he made sure that me and my sister um, were immersed in music. And so I, I had a sort of training. I wasn't super talented, but I, I do understand music theatre, a theory, not theatre, music theory, um, the rhythms of songs and the rhythm of writing. And I, I've really enjoyed writing those lyrics. And the first one, 
I wrote was The Fearful, Fucked and Furious, which is the anthem, really. In many ways, the whole show is summed up in those lyrics. And the other song I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if we've got any recordings of it, um, which was probably the second song I wrote, which is the notion of luck. And I've always felt lucky. I just always have. And I am lucky. And I say that with confidence and I'm lucky because of the family I was born into and the country I was born into and the time I was born into I was born in England to a loving stable family um at a time when we were at peace there was no war and I feel that you know not everybody has that and there was prosperity you know we had food and shelf shelter um, and not everybody has that. And I've been acutely aware of my luck all my life and feel you have to be mindful of what you do when you're lucky. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have bad things happen to you. Uh, but it does mean that you start your life with a really great deck of cards. And I think it's really good to acknowledge that. And I felt that I wanted my heroine to not be a victim. And I also wanted her to be me in some ways, to sort of to be that moment when you realise that you're not going to be protected all your life and that actually at some point you have to fight, fight for your place. And that was when I wrote Lucky, which is when you're lucky, there's nothing to scare you. When you're loved, there's nothing to fear. When the gods rain down glitter and honey, the path of life is clear. When you're blessed, the world is sunlit. Hope shines clear, bright and true. When ahead lie only adventures, skies all shimmering blue. But what will you do when the luck runs out, dear? What will you do when it fails? Where are your dreams when the magic explodes? Will you dig through the dirt with your nails? And I suppose that, that really placed where I wanted my heroine to be, which is somebody that was not expecting this to happen to her. And how does she find the grit to escape? Bluebeard. And of course, I've since called my main character Lucky. And I think about luck all the time. And I'm so not superstitious. You know, I don't think it's a thing. I think it's a it's a gift that you have and you have to really bloody look after it. So I think those are the two songs that I'm most proud of. The, the song we did record, we recorded um, a song in the rehearsal room because we had to do some social media things. And we recorded three rings, three little rings, mm -hmm. which we'll, we'll play at the end. Shall we talk about what Three Little Rings is? Well, I think that's the key thing, is mm. what is Three Little Rings? Well, in my day, you used to, if you, because you had to, if you wanted to call home, you had to go to a phone box and put money in it. Mm. And you only put money in when somebody answered. Yeah. So in order to let somebody who loved you or who was worried about you know you were safe, you would ring three times and then put the phone down so that you didn't have to put money in. And they would listen and they'd hear three rings and they'd go, they're safe. So mm. it was a really analogue way of saying, I've got to where I need to be, stop worrying about me. I think, I mean, that came from one of the workshops when we were all in the room talking about things we'd been taught to do to stay safe as children and how the notion of being in danger is something that's we're taught from an early age. And mm. it was one of the things we talked about is the sending a signal to say that you're fine. Yeah, yeah. And we, well, and we do discuss that in the show as well, yeah. don't we? 
That's really good. It's 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 great. It's just out of context. It needs a bit of. <laughs> what on earth are they? It are needs they talking some about? Oh, and also because it's like five gold rings or put a ring on it. There's yeah. lots of other connotations with rings, aren't there? Which yeah. isn't the phone ringing. And also, nobody's phone rings anymore. No. Though we've all got funky ringtones or mine, which is always on it's silent. Always on hence silent. the fact I never pick it up or can find it. Yeah. So that's good. So we'll listen to that. That'll be the final thing we listen mm. to. Um, which is sung by Robin Sinclair and Steffi Hookley. Top birds both. And they sound brilliant on it. Oh, the other thing that's probably worth talking about musically is that um, Wuthering Heights had a band of three, or was it four? Oh, that's a test. It was kind of... Well, it was three core plus various actors. Yeah, I think usually we have a band of three core musicians Mm. and then actor musicians join. Yeah. And because of all the things I've talked about before, an absolute decision to make the work more sustainable, we only have one dedicated mu- musician, which is Stu Barker, and the rest are actual musicians, which means we have the hilarious, the hilarious gaps, shall we call them, when one number finishes and one set of actors finish a scene and then there's a undignified scuffle <laughs> while everybody has to get their okay. instruments off and run on stage. So there's lot, I've had to think of lots of clever ways yeah. to I think it's going to get worse before it gets better next week as well oh tell me about it it's going to be actors tangled in curtains uh, tripping portals. over um, tripping over <laughs> bass <laughs> leads and everything well you know what happens Si is I'll be saying oh Si could you just make me a cue to I'll be mm. sending it back to sound desk won't I oh, I can't wait though I just can't wait I can't wait to see Vicky Mortimer's set tomorrow I can't wait to see the costumes, actually, because I think they're going to be witty, sensuous, political and surprising. I cannot wait. And, you know, there's a there's a sort of... I've got so many reasons I love theatre. But one of the things I love about the ritual of making theatre, which is now all the anxieties, fears, hurts, upsets, dramas exist and are all addictive in their own right, but they all hang off this thing that is unstoppable. There's like a skeleton of making a piece of theatre that on the day you start rehearsals, you know that you will do a final run in the rehearsal room and you know you will pack a van and you know you will put it into a theatre. And unbelievably, you know that you're going to open for the first preview. I've never missed a first preview, which if you think in the scheme of opening a restaurant or printing a T-shirt or launching an Apple phone... Almost every other business has some leeway. You might nudge it back or say we're not ready. Yeah, coming spring. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or a film. But theatre, honestly, I mean, almost a year before it's decided when this product is going to be ready. And it kind of happens and I kind of love it because, um, you know, I'm in control of so many things or feel I'm in control of so many things. But ultimately, that's going to happen. And, and it's not long to wait, actually. That's the other thing, is you think, this is going to be a really big week, but it is going to finish. On Friday night, there is going to be an audience coming into Bath Theatre Royal. As I say, I trust the theatre gods and our collective experience. We're going to do it. I've already done my pep talk with the actors, which is I'm going to be a bit mean for a few days and we're going to tech really roughly. Because at this point, you can't get into detail at this point. You just have to get it on and get it runnable and then you buy back time. But like I say, I like that. 
I like this bit and also I like this bit because I get to sit in the dark while other people do loads of work. Speaking of people sitting in the dark when they maybe ought to be frantically getting things done, should we sign off and go home? Yeah, we definitely should. And get to bath first thing tomorrow morning. Hell yeah. Very good. See you all soon. See you all soon. Say you.